Welcome back, weary listener, on this cold Christmas Eve to the penultimate episode, if you can even believe. Where hammers were hammering on stage with a clatter because Augie was teaching. So that was the matter. So it's done? It's as done as it's gonna be. So is that a yes or ugh, god damn it. Do you know what the problem is with your generation? Your generation? Exactly. We may have been a bunch of wide-eyed susceptible hedonists, but at least we knew how to hammer a nail. Right, which I guess must be why I've been doing all the hammering trying to incorporate this whatever the fuckly level box into what was supposed to be a non-literal pastiche volcano Christmas village. Oh cool, Dadaism. <laughs> really showing your age there. Oh, you you want me to act my age? Cause I'll act my age, man! I don't want your poop-filled, stupid head, narratively convenient box in my stead! What, what is this? What, what are you doing? Damn it, Eckhart, you spit too much truth again. You always do this. GG, come on, GG, hey, we're alright. We're alright now, okay? Hey, do you want to do a calming quote? They don't work for me. Yeah, me neither. At least you're smart. I know I'm smart. Great, we agree. Then why are we yelling? We're not. Okay. Oh, you did remember to replace that egg crate auto stole yesterday, right? What do you take me for? Someone who remembered to replace the egg crate auto stole yesterday. You know, it's so nice to be told you're smart than immediately have your intelligence called into question. Yes, I replaced it. I replaced it before you made me shove that splintered outhouse into my scaffold volcano Christmas village. Let me guess, is scaffolding like your thing? It's the most versatile set material there is. Ugh, 100%. You can make a jungle gym or move those pieces out from there and set them up over there and look at that, another jungle gym. Since when did you forget a set should be a playground, Herr Eckhart? Since I had to start paying for the materials. Now, look, I don't know what you're worried about. The box fits in there like a glove. We obviously have different sized gloves. It's too forced. It feels too forced. No. It doesn't balance the stage. Oh, God. That's not that big of a... It's fine. It's iconoclastic. It's... Really? You think so? I mean, I would never think to make a set that looks like this. No, I guess you wouldn't. So, you think it's ready for tonight? You mean, do I think the show is going to be good or not? Or do I think you're all going to successfully pull off your little disappearing stunt? Not a stunt. I'm here now. And yes, you know what? Thanks for your input. I know it'll be fine. Lila said she knows exactly how to control the machine this time. Ergo, every grade A rube sitting in that audience will be vanished. Ergo, we're good. Good is a relative term, Er Eckhart. Uh, depends on the relative. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Right. So, she knows exactly what she's doing? Yeah. Exactly. Like, 99.9% exactly. That's not exactly. Yeah, you're right. But, hey, do you know what that measly 0.1% is? Error? Faith. And do you know what that is? I'm an undercover Jewish orphan in a Nazi school. So what, does that give you a pass? Right now, it does. All right, fine. I'm gonna level with you, kid. Please don't kneel. Too late? I'm already here. Look, bud, buck, bucko, we've gone into much less specific plans with 
much less to go off of. So knowing 99.9% is a huge improvement. Plus, thanks to your fine hammering work and adjustable jungle gym you've got here, I'd say we're all set to vanish every one of these chuckle fucks sitting out in the audience tonight. And some do respect, Air Eckhart, these chuckle fucks. At, at, at language. Kid, if Anton catches you saying that shit... You literally just said shit! Yeah, well, do as I do, not as I say. I have a strong feeling that's the option with less work. It is. Look, just no language, capiche? <sighs> Whatever the affirmative response to capiche is, fine. Now that that aside's done, Air Eckhart... Augie's fine. We'll get there. How exactly are you going to control it just vanishing the audience tonight? Because, like I said, Lilith will. That's her whole deal. You'll learn that about her. Well, considering I'm 11 and 4 months, I have literally no choice but to believe you. So, what's the cue again? The cue is... The cue is... Ah, shit, Conrad just told me it was so dumb. Hey, Griffson, what's the cue again? The cue is when we send the bomb to the Allied forces disguised as a Christmas goose. That's it, the old Christmas goose bomb routine. Well, it's the holidays. They love a cliche. Should I go to props and see what we have for a goose? I think there's some brown felt I can wrap around Klaus's pet rock. Oh, he's that kid. Well, actually, I was thinking, instead of using the usual old, tired rock and a coat as the centerpiece of our play, why not just use the real thing? The real thing? Augie. Gigi, allow me to introduce you to our Act 5 centerpiece, the Christmas Goose with the Moose, Devora the Duck. Sweet fuck. A Very Vanishing Christmas by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part 4. The Christmas Catch. properly swept. Eckhart's law number two, learn to roll with things, kid. You never get anywhere in life by sticking to a rigid plan. You never gave me an Eckhart's law one. Everything I said before was Eckhart's law one. That was number two. I will not argue this point. And that's number three. And since when did I ask you to give them to me in the first place? Oh, please. You're a kid. You like to learn. And you like to talk. We're a match made in heaven. Well, if you'll excuse me, heirs, Eckhart, and Grivstein, I'm afraid I must go introduce a duck to the wardrobe department. Gross. What do you think that means? Hey, Gigi, did you replace the... The egg crate's been replaced, Herr Grivstein. Feel free to ask my sage mentor if you don't believe me. That's me. He's talking about me. <laughs> Fine, but I walk fast. You know, Augie, I always said you'd be a natural with children. Just trying to give the next generation what I wish I had. We'll see if the little nerd retains any of it. How could he not? Now, Augie, I won't beat around the bush anymore. Sounds good. I need to talk to you. And not just as two red-blooded masculine homo sapiens. I need to talk to you as two best friends. That's right. I did say best friends last night, didn't I? You did. And there wasn't time to acknowledge it then, so I wanted to carve some out now. How much time are we talking here? Just a second. Just to take a minute and stop and live in the moment. With us. Okay. Two best friends. Two? God damn it. 
<clears throat> two best friends. Augie, you have to say it or it's not true. That's insane. How do you think lies start? Exactly. But not even you would lie about this. I lied about being Jewish. So did I. Wait, so you're not? Kidding. Kidding. I am 100%. Both sides of my family. Okay, good. Because, like... But see? You care. God damn it, I do. That's what I'm talking about, old sport. Now, here we go. Ready? Is there anything that I have to... Okay. Hi. Hey. Best friend. Best friend. Do uh, we hug or... All right. Now that that's off my bucket list, I need your help with something. Best friend to best friend. Wait, there's more? We just had our one scene breakthrough. And don't think that it wasn't good for me too, but I really need you here, little buddy. Come on. Number one, no little buddy. Number two, fine. What? What is it? Okay. So, it's big. Oh, wait. Is this gossip? I know I seem like I don't, but I love this shit. It's a scoop unlike any other. Trust me. So, you know how last night... We all ran into each other in the courtyard after having our respective evening climaxes? That is one flattering way to put it. Well, Rudyard and I were coming from here, right? Where we were having a great jam session for I'll Be Home for Christmas. Okay, you're trying to double entendre, right? How do you think I ghost won an Academy Award for screenwriting, Augie? All of my words are meant to be entendred doubly. Anyway, yes, Otto came in. And yes... He knows about me being Jewish, and yes, he set a less than specific time to kill Rudy and me, but before that, when Rudy and I were really massaging the show's sweet spot, we had a moment. A moment? A moment. Just a moment? It was a good-sized moment. Well, how long was the moment? A minute or more? What, more than a minute? If not a moment more. Maybe the moment was a minute, my main man. Or maybe more so, the moment was... Longer. Oh, thank God we're out of that. But wait a minute. Second, how do you know this was a genuine moment? Because, well, I'm actually embarrassed to say, but it moved. What do you mean, it moved? I mean, it moved. I mean, there's been radio silence down there for years. But then you pull one playwriting all-nighter with a guy and poof, FM stations for days. That's a lot of images and information I never cared to know. I know, but there's only one explanation. Augie, I think I'm in love. In love? With who? With whom? Whom is that? Whom is Rudyard? Nope. I'm sorry. If you can't say it out loud, then it's not true, right? Ha! Also, if you can't say it out loud, then it probably wasn't worth it to begin with, right? The plagiaristic pirate first, my story now, my friend. It's Rudyard! I gathered! Okay. Good. Now trust me. I want you to be concerned, but... What did he say to you? I thought he was your arch nemesis. What did he do? Hypnotize you with his lack of depth perception? Augie, we both know that's not real. The Griffsteins come from a long line of optometrists. Until you decided to become a writer. I know. They didn't see it coming. 
But I need your advice, Augie. My advice? Kick his ass to the curb. This is the same guy who went home with Lilith the night of my ex's birthday party, stole my cumulative life's work, and turned it into some populist bullshit people read on their morning commute. And I'm pretty sure stole Lamarck's notes from me when he asked for a throwaway hug back in 1933. Lucky. I cannot endorse this. But Augie, I don't want to go forward with this unless I have your blessing. You know it never works when the best friend and the romantic interest don't get along. Absolutely, I know that. I fucking wrote that trope. Besides, and I don't want to be that guy, but how do you know he had the same moment as you? Well, that's what I wanted your advice on. Best friend to best friend. Do you think he's someone who would be? Or even entertain the thought of... Conrad, best friend to best friend. Do you want my unbiased answer? Yes. No. No? No. All right, well, what was your biased answer? I'll give you three guesses. I only need one. Mercurial! That's what they call people like him, and do you know what that means? Nor yet be overeager in pursuit of anything. For the mercurial too often happened to leave. William William Penn, Penn, 1689. I don't know if the year's right. Neither do I. He was acting standoffish in the courtyard, wasn't he? If you thought so, then yeah, he was. There's no way. Honestly, probably not. He's just such a... Ten! A what? A ten. You know, like on the Freudian scale of one to ten, one being my own self-criticism personified in another human, and ten being a total smoke show. He's a ten. I feel like mine is more nuanced, but fuck that. He may very well be a 10 and a prick and a plagiaristic pirate, but that doesn't mean that you don't deserve someone who's also a 10, but not those other things. You think? I know. In fact, the next time I see him, you should tell him that to his face. Or better yet, You be mercurial back. Give him a taste of his own prick medicine. If he gets all smug and dickish, then he's not worth your time. You know what, Augie? I really think you're right. I do deserve more. Yes, we do. Wow. I feel great. So, is this Eckhart's Law number four? I don't know. Should it be? I was thinking number four would be something about how no version of shorts ever look good. Connie, there you are. Rudy, I mean, Rudyard. And Herr Delia Eckhart, admiring the vanishing box on the stage in its new scaffolded jail cell. Almost makes one feel oddly nostalgic, no? Rudyard, yes, quite. I'm going to go pace around somewhere. Oh, God, Augie, I... Remember Mercurial. Good day. All. Well, sounds like he's himself. So, Connie, are you ready for our triumphant debut this evening? I don't know. Maybe. Whoa! Someone's about ten stones more mercurial than they were last night. What's wrong? All right, fine, Rudy. I won't beat around the bush anymore. We've got to work on your foreplay. And you've got to work, Rudy. You've got to work on your whole game, Buster. My game? You know exactly what I mean. And I do not need to specify it 
at all. I'm afraid you do love. See? That. That with the love and the foreplay joke and the nothing happened comment last night. When did I say nothing happened last night? When we ran into everyone in the courtyard. But it doesn't matter because I definitely haven't been examining that moment since then and spinning it to fit my own insecurities of what may or may not have happened. So you know what? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. We're both fine. We're just going to do a show and vanish some Nazis and go back to our regular cold nights alone. So this is you saying you want to go back to your regular cold nights alone? I think I've made myself exceptionally clear. You haven't. But to be fair, I thought I had, too. You did not. Then, at the risk of relying too heavily on Christmas cliché, rest assured, Connie, I'm in. In? In could mean so many things, Rudy. It could mean you're in the room. You're in like the cool fashion you always wear. You're in like a roguish spy infiltrating the heart of an unsuspecting co-writer who is attempting to stay emotionally moored. So you're going to have to be more specific since your charm is just another way to sneak out the emotional back door before the alarm clock, old sport. I would hope the fact that I let that whole riff go uninterrupted would let you know just which definition of the word in I mean. However, if you're still not clear... I'm not. Then allow me to say that while literally nothing about this attraction makes sense to me at all, and I've also spent nearly every hour since last night trying to pass through what exactly it is about the man before me that keeps him running through my mind, the simple truth is that I've spent every hour since last night thinking about the man before me. And that's enough. But Rudy... You're so out of my league. Well, to me, you're perfect right where you are. Nice line. Auto. Auto. General auto. Formalities, I know, but technically you are a fugitive. So, evens out. Hope you don't mind the repeat entrance. I wouldn't dare to address it. And keeping with the formalities, to what do we owe the distinguished pleasure? Wow, feel like a duke. Uh, I just wanted to check in, make sure you and your actors had everything they need. Uh, actors, right. And because the Fuhrer is going to be here any minute. So, exciting times. Uh, I'm sure that's lost on you, but for the rest of us, huge deal. Oh, trust me. I get it. The moment is most certainly not lost on him. Yes, our actors are backstage getting into character for the show, we told them they'd need a minimum full half hour to get into the headspace to channel your Führer. True, can't hit the craft. All right then, I'm sure I'll meet them after the show. As long as you vouch for them, I'm sure they're cool. And even if they're not, then, you know, after the show, you two, me, the Führer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I'm grasping at straw-based hay. Mind being a little more specific? We've apparently had a deficit of that around here. Or not. Oh, sure. Just that if the actors aren't members of the party, then we'll just, uh, four birds with one stone, as they say. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> can't speak for the political standings, but I, I can say that... They're in the union. The union? Right. So that answers your question. It really doesn't, but I'm not sure they have some nice cots. All right. I am off. 
Oh, oh yeah. And just feel free to hang near the library carts at the O10 and bonfire after the show. Then I'll just say, uh, you know, uh, there they are or something like that. It'll be better than that. I, I'm not as good as, uh, oh, oh, or actually, yeah. Hey, what do you think I should say? What do we think you should say when you target us in front of Hitler? Oh, well, uh, where do you even start? I suppose you want to be commanding. Casual, yet threatening. Probably want a dash of authoritative humor and have a good measure. Of course. Then, I think, there they are is kind of great. No use workshopping perfection. Really? Yes. Why, are you doubting yourself? Well, he's probably nervous, right? Nervous about the Fuhrer? Nervous about the Fuhrer. So, are you nervous? Maybe. No, you? Actually, if I'm being honest, I'm really nervous. Like, between the Fuhrer being here and wanting to give him the best gift and wanting the pageant to be good and wanting the other generals to take me serious and knowing that we've had a Jew here under our normal-sized noses but not telling anyone, no offense. Okay. And, most important, Abby, making sure the precious orphans have a good and meaningful Christmas. That way, we'll have a much easier time getting them amped for Hitler Youth Training next year. Oh, there's a training. Uh. Oh, yeah. It's great. We learn how to walk in unison and have telekinesis. There's a ropes course. Uh, that's what you get with the Hit Youth Path, which it looks like they will definitely be getting next year since the arts program won't be a thing anymore. But if the show is good, you said they wouldn't be cutting the arts. I know. It sucks. I thought I could maybe convince enough of the other generals to have the votes. But then I took a silent poll, and we're not even close. I'm talking like me and one other general. Maybe. And now I'm thinking that with the show being rewritten last night by a Jew... Rudy helped. Right, sorry. But yeah, with all that, there's not a hellwolf's chance in Wonderland we're going to be able to convince the other 99% of the generals to vote to keep the arts. It'll take a miracle. Anyways, uh, that's it. Just wanted to put that in your ears. So, yeah, O10 and Bonfire. Buy the library cards. There they are! <laughs> cool? That's nice. Oh, and one more thing. If anybody sees you two, you know, having a camp experience, it's just a bad look for me. Because then I'll have to call you out and, like, I don't want to interrupt the show. It's Christmas. And more importantly, because it kind of just wouldn't make sense to anyone. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 10, and you're a Jew. Anyways, break legs. I knew it. Check to make sure he didn't take the egg crate again. Your precious egg crates are all there and just as confusingly efficient as ever. Good. Now look here. None of what he said matters at all. Do you hear me? That's easy for you to say. You're not the one who has to play Hitler in front of the real Hitler. No, I just have to convince an entire theater of SS military men that there's an actress treading the boards as Ava this evening. Easy peasy. But it isn't going to matter. Because once that Christmas goose crosses stage left, Lilith is going to send those Nazis flying into the next century. But we still have a whole show we have to get through, man! A whole show where you've got me on stage with you. Oh, Rudy. I know that's easy to say now, but this isn't the movies where we can hide everything with an edit and a lamp. 
We have choreography that needs to be perfect. It will be. Songs that need to be sung decently. They will be. And a kiss that needs to affirm the true meaning of Christmas. It will. Right. About the kiss. The kiss? Yes, the Christmas kiss. Now, I know we never really got there last night, but I've seen the old hand-over-the-mouth routine before. Honestly, I've never been convinced. So, I guess if a kiss happens, it'll be for the good of the show. And it would prove my dedication to the show. Uh, <clears throat> I see. Oh, God. No, Connie. Yeah, no, you don't want to do it. I get it. Okay, let's not. Sorry, I was just... <laughs> wow. No, you know, I misread that moment, and that is on me. Oh, don't be... Daft, of course I wanted to. If it was up to me, we'd have had a whole litany of camp experiences all last night and this morning. It's just that now... It's just that now you're ashamed to be with me? Because fucking... Ouch. That's not... <clears throat> Look, I can't help but think anything you or I say right now is going to come out old marbles and toffee. Oh, you wish. And, although I believe I've made my position of being in perfectly clear... Perhaps we should table this until after the climactic Christmas celebration at hand? You understand? Yeah, I understand. You were in, now you're on the way out! You know, I should have just listened to Augie about people like you. Specifically, you. What, Eckert? I should have known that Machiavellian migraine of a man slithered in your ear. Yes! Slithered in my ear like the best friend truth snake that he is. Do you know what he called you? Mercurial. And he was right, Rudyard. He was right. The world is violent and mercurial. It will have its way with you. We are only saved by love. Tennessee, Tennessee Williams. Williams. 19, 19 something or other. other. I'm not positive on the year. No one is. But damn it, Rudyard. I can't keep playing this game with you. You put your love right in. You take your love right out. You put your love back in and then you shake it all about. I don't know which way is up. Boys, no offense, but the show is going to be what it is. I suggest you use your last 15 minutes to get into costume. So much leather, so little time. You know, Anton, I remember a couple days and or seven years ago, I was terrified to be in a theater at an opening night performance. But now I could fuel a fleet of 1937 Cadillac V16s with the amount of energy I've got coursing through my veins. Eckhart? Redyard. Augie? Lilith? Peacocking at 15 to places? Augie, I know this is educational theater, but it is still my educational theater, so for all of us here, let's leave good enough alone. Fine, but only because I know we have such a great friendship, Anton, and Conrad, and Lilith, because I know the four of us are such good friends. I'll back off. Okay. Now, I do believe you two need to get into costume. You're right, Anton. Well, I'm off to get into a child-sized lederhosen. My friend, Augie. My friend, Lilith. My new friend, Anton. And my... co-worker, Rudyard. I'll see you on the stage. Hello, Metric Minute. That was my actual name. Connie! Wait! Didn't he mean Heil see you on stage? <laughs> eh? 
Yeah? All right, fuck me then. Anton, Christ on a curling stick, there you are. Nice to see you too, Gigi. Introductions are done. We've got 15 minutes till curtain, and we don't have enough brown felt to cover all of our Christmas goose. No, it's not that you're too large and also in charge. It's that the brown felt didn't make the budget cuts again this year. We'll find a solution, trust us. Gigi, did you do this hammer work with the vanishing bots and the scaffolding? Why? Who told you? Uh, Lilith, you're gonna wanna go easy. It's excellent work. Wood and steel entwined, disparate elements working together. Truly didactic. I approve. That is exactly what I was going for. Investing in that scaffolding was the best thing this department could have done. It's the most versatile set element I've ever seen. Now, Gigi, Hunter... Let's go get this duck into wardrobe, as the saying goes. You know, that little shit didn't even know how to hold a hammer before I helped him this morning. Did you demonstrate on the left side here? Is it that obvious? It's the only work that doesn't complement the lines of the steel. What are you talking about, lines of steel? Oh, wow. Yeah, from back here, I totally see how all that flows together. Shit, now it's gonna bother me the whole show. And if we had more time, I'd make you fix all of it, but we only have enough time to do one last check to make sure all of the settings are in their correct- Oh, god damn it again with the- Smoke, smoke bomb. See, see. Very good, Herr Delia Eckhart and Fräulein Delia. Or should I say, Augie Eckhart and Lilith von Hitzler. The amazing Vincenzo? It can't be. Why are you back in the plot? Do you want to tell me exactly how a magician knows about smoke bombs? For the same reasons you do, Fräulein von Hitzler. One might say I'm the raison d'etre for the administrative services department. So that would mean you know about Lamarck's vanishing act? Uh, you could say that. No, as in you've also dedicated your 20s to creating an artistic homage to it? Or no, as in you were seated in, like, the mez or something? I must say, Herr Eckhart, for all the years I've been wandering around searching for clues about the whereabouts of you and your elementary science fair project. Science fair project? Where do you get off? Augie, don't. Now where do you get off? It was never a question of where I got off, Fräulein, but... When? You mean when you got off? Because, oh my god. Always, with the interruptions and the semantics, do you ever just let something go? And a couple of exes that would say so. So you were displaced in time and space after Lamarck's vanishing act, and now you're what, peddling yourself as some unlucky child's birthday attraction? I'm not too proud to admit I had to play the toddlerian circuit again. Go back to my days of playing to the common man at the cafe to get him to come to my show. But I had already gained a following once, in the 1600s. How hard could it possibly be in the 20th century? So you were a magician in the 1600s and then got vanished at another magician's show, and you still try to be a magician after that? I really don't know whether to call that impressive or sad. It's both! Just like... Life itself. But no, Herr Eckhart, I'm afraid I wasn't some young upstart in the audience the night of the vanishing act. Oh my 
because I was the magician on stage the whole- Holy shit, I just put it together. I understand you may have put the pieces together, but that still doesn't take away from my grand reveal, for it is I- Jean-Jacqueline Lamarck, you son of a bitch. You know, this makes so much sense. Yes, it is I, Jean-Jacqueline Lamarck. I was building to a reveal. I'm going to have my reveal, you inventional plagiarists. Whoa, 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 that is not fair. Exactly, I built the box. Yeah, because your notes were bullshit. Actually, the notes were fairly helpful. It was the fake ones I left for you that were bullshit. Really? Yes, I knew they were important. Of course they were important. They came from my own brain. Now enough with your jibber-jabbering. I've been waiting far too long to be reunited with my precious vanishing box to waste it talking to you two science enthusiasts. It won't work for you, Lamarck. Oh, really? How do you figure? In the two days since we were vanished and the few hours that I've actually spent with the box, I've ensured a passcode-sensitive failsafe on the controls that only I know the code to. You're not going to be tampering with anything. You're going to have to tell me when you had time for that, but also, fuck yes, passcodes. Ha, 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 ha. Excuse me while I giggle at your naivete. The box cannot be programmed with your petty, pitiful passcodes. It cannot be controlled by you. Throughout my years of inventing the box and harnessing its power, whether through wind power or ritual murder, the box has only ever obeyed one law. Lamarck's law. Figures. He's got to ruin laws, too. When the box vanished the occupants of the Theatre de Tuileries in 1699, I was there. We know. When it vanished this naturally selected group of us in 1937, I was there. We know. Therefore, it can only be concluded, I am the secret to the box's power. We... No. I was there for both of those disappearances, too, so maybe it's me who's the secret of the box. Right, but you did have a lot of trials that didn't work while you were working on it back in California. I mean, it was just constant trying and failing and trying and... Stop helping. I'm not even here. Thank you for your honesty, Herr Eckhart. Now we can put that plot hole to bed and tuck him in all nice and cozy, like a sliced banana in a crepe. We have all been down this road before, some of us twice, apparently. Now, if you'll excuse, I must make my own adjustments to the machine. Don't like how that sounds. Don't you touch her! Fine, but if you do not let me take a peep behind its wooden curtain, then I'm afraid I'll just have to tell General Schneerman about your little Jewish friends and the whole plan to vanish the audience of the theater during the show. How do you... The courtyard has award-winning acoustics, does it not? Now, excuse me. Bonsoir, mon luscious woolen box. Lilith, what do we do? I'm thinking. Everything looks well enough. Oh, look, a weight capacity gauge. I'm sure that makes everyone feel comfortable with themselves. And what do we have under... Ah! Devora! Devora! I should have known you'd waddle your way to this part of the world. Wait, you know the duck? Of course. It all makes sense now. It does. I remember the posters back in my simple French village of cul-de-sac advertising an amazing vanishing show with a magician and his duck assistant. Ah. You know what? I'm just going to stop being surprised. Excellent choice, Herr Eckhart. 
Surprise is nothing more than an attempt to make us more susceptible to mediocre gifts. Yeah, says the one who was surprised by a duck. You can never underestimate a duck! They're equal parts intelligence, reserve, and ruthlessness. Obviously the superior alternative to a human assistant. But I researched you for years, rehearsed and directed a play about your life, and nowhere did I ever see the mention of a fucking duck. Of course not. It was the deal we made. Isn't that right, Devora? Infamy for anonymity. But she was on the posters? You're trying to tell me you and this duck struck a professional agreement together? Ask her yourself. No, no, no. I am not getting set up for this again. Devora. Tell us your side of the story. Checks out. Told you. God damn it. And now that my tempering is complete... Lilith, he didn't touch it, so I think we're okay. The tempering is complete by my sheer presence, Herr Eckhart. Damn it. There is no need for clandestine beeps nor juvenile boops. And now there is nothing left to say except perhaps... Mad. I look forward to seeing the box work her magic again this evening, and I hope she doesn't decide to vanish more than just the audience. She tends to have a mind of her own about these things. We'll see who's right when the time comes. Magic. Boy. Really? That's how we're ending this exchange? <laughs> uh, you make me want to laugh, Fräulein von Hitzler. But you'll see. Once that switch gets thrown... Not you, nor Herr Eckhart, not even this smug waterfowl will be able to stop what happens. Then I look forward to seeing you and everyone else in the audience blow this swastika stand. There you all are, Herr Dr. Eckhart, the amazing Vincenzo, and my liege line, Fräulein von Hitzler. Again, I ask you to forgive my trespasses and overall boorish manliness. I could... Nazi, what was right in front of me? What do you think? Just some third play for you. Try harder. I'll strive to. Okay, niceties done. Now, I don't know if you can hear out there, but we have an entire audience of faculty, military men, and the Führer's Wednesday through Friday entourage waiting to come in, so we need to get a move on. Oh, don't worry, General. We were just making sure everything was in prime condition for your Atlantean expedition after the show. The audience of today's show will have a front row seat to the rest of their lives. <laughs> I should say so. It's not every holiday season. The Führer gets to witness the arts program get sacrificed to him. And he learns the secrets of his past, which is why... Which is why Herr Delia Eckhart should sit in the audience with us. What the... Why? Yes, why? Last-minute seating changes don't go over well with most Germans. Now imagine how the Führer's going to take it. Exactly. Imagine how the Führer's gonna take it. See, but General, think about it. Okay. What do you see? I see... Herr de Lea Eckhart seating with us. <gasps> Hassan Pfeffer Pudding, you're right! Yeah, or he just mentioned it. What can I say, General? You have a gift for receiving the divine. It appears I do. 
Oh, oh it tingles me. Now, Herr Delia Eckhart, you will be right next to me and Vincenzo in the audience for the entire show. I want the Fuhrer to see the three pillars of the SS beliefs. Military, science, and magic, all together in harmony. Come, come, chop, chop. No, but seriously, General, that's not necessary. I assure you it is. I don't want to take the seat away from someone who may want it. Ah, oh, <laughs> modesty. Pish posh, Trudel Sauce. There's no room for modesty in the SS. Just ignore his halo, don't look him in the eyes, and don't mention the war. Oh, it be super! Now come. General, I understand the honor of this great honor, but I need Augie backstage with me to ensure the vanishing box opens the Atlantean portal. Can't get to an Atlantean portal without me. <laughs> Ah, I can see what's happening. What? You think I don't have a clue? Fräulein von Hitzler is the ubermensch evolution of the uberest mensch of them all. She obviously doesn't really need a common bumpkin like Herdelia Eckhart with you to run the machine. This must be that sarcasm all those Jews are raving about. <laughs> Ooh, naughty. Can't get anything past you. Then, in that case, why don't I sit with you and the magician? It would make more sense, since I created the machine. Debatable. You want to try? Uh, excellent, cool, and totally rad idea, Fräulein, but it's just... Uh, the Führer, you know. And his Wednesday to Friday entourage. And the rest of the military and faculty. If they see a woman sitting in the audience next to me, they're going to talk. I have quite the reputation. I know I may not look it, but my old nickname used to be The Hound Dog. And I'm sure I don't need to say why. Maybe you should. And if they find out we are sitting next to each other and not having camp experiences, as the campers say, then that would just look bad for me. Besides, like you said, you invented it, you're the Aryan ancestor, you should be controlling the trip. Herr Delia Eckhart, let's boogie on down to Roque. Augie, I... No, Lilith, this makes absolute sense. Just go on with the show, exactly how we planned, alright? This is what it has to be now. General? <laughs> Roque. And Fräulein von Hitzler, do make sure you take good aim at everyone in the audience tonight. We wouldn't want to leave a soul behind. Ha! 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 Lilith, you know I don't want to be a buzzkill, but- One minute to house open, Herr Hirschgott! Hunter, we've worked together for years. Anton, please. I like the formalities. It's almost like we're in a play. God help that audience. Now, we've got to get backstage ASAP before the- Wait a minute. It's quiet. Too quiet. Schneeman took Augie. He what? Just now. He and Lamarck just took him away. Well, hey, that's not the end of the world. As long as he's outside of the theater, he'll be perfectly capable of delivering obvious criticism after the show. Now, we have to get- But he won't be outside of the theater. So then, where will he be? In the audience. In the audience audience? 
in the audience, audience. And just so we're all clear, you mean the audience that we're supposed to vanish during the Act 5 finale? That audience. That's the one. Boy, talk about your Act 4 cliffhangers, yeah? The Vanishing Act is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. The episode was sound designed by me, Daniel Eddie Williams, and original music was composed by Baltimore. This episode featured Sarah Price as Augie Eckhard, Tina Munoz Pandya as Lilith von Hitzler, Daniel Milhouse as Conrad Webley Gristein, Sam Hubbard as Rudyard T. Codswallop, Lawrence Stephanie as Anton Hirschfelder, Lydia Hiller as Gigi, Rob Kozlarik as Schneeman, Eric Eilerson as Otto, Makeup Jindel as Hunter Zimmer, Chris Visaraga as Lamarck, and Lauren Grace Thompson as the narrator. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at VanishingPod or on our website, VanishingPod.com. And join us next time for Part 5, The Christmas Goose. Sorry. Let's take it from the top. I read the word. Nothing came out. Everything's fine. A few forum users have got wind of something strange. It's an advertisement for some kind of arcanist meeting place. Arcanists coming together. That makes no sense. I know, that's what I thought too. But it's not just that either. There's something else. Ever since what happened in the house, I felt it. It's like the volume has been turned up on the universe. Maybe it's because I'm going outside more now, but... I don't know. I feel more whole, somehow. And the mark on my throat where Bliss severed the bond to Madame Marie's arcane maze. The scar has grown, spread, like lightning crawling through my skin, right up to my chin, all the way down my chest. It's a scar. But it's old, white, almost pleasant. Yes, <laughs> sorry, Ruffle darling. I did get distracted again, didn't I? <laughs> Is it some sort of cult? A cult? No, arcanists don't really do cults. What? Why are you looking at me like that? The microphone? Anna? No, Spirit Box Radio is not a cult. Whatever you say. But it sounds awfully like a cult to me. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I feel... different now. Insignificance is a pretty sort of delusion. Imagine, of all the people in the world, that you would be the only one that doesn't matter. How preposterous. Narcissistic, even. You mean so much because you are. I don't know your name. I don't need to. Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. Spirit Box Radio Season 2 is coming December 2nd, 2021. Listen to all 40 episodes of Season 1 for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in, 
Get Spooky.